This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show. I don't know about you, but I am super excited for today's episode because I have so much to talk about. So let's get this party started right away. First, our sports fact of the day. On this day, June 22nd, 1994, the United States men's national team wins their first World Cup final round match since 1950 by defeating Colombia by a final score of 2-1 at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Colombia's Andres Escobar scores an own goal in the 35th minute to lift the Americans to a 1-0 advantage. The lead then extends to 2-0 on a score by Ernie Stewart in the 52nd minute. Escobar, unfortunately and tragically, will be murdered in Colombia on July 2nd, reportedly in retaliation for the mistaken goal. Now, the World Cup in 1994 was hosted by the United States. Brazil would eventually defeat Italy in the final match on penalty kicks 3-2 after a scoreless uh, 90 minutes and then another scoreless extra time 30 minutes eventually going to those penalty kicks. Now, this was a great sports fact of the week because... This, um, this fact is going to lead me into what I want to talk about next, the MLS. We're going to do a quick review on the MLS so far. The season is back today. We have five games on the slate for you um, on this Saturday, with FC Cincinnati facing off against LA Galaxy. FC Dallas is going to be facing off against Toronto. Chicago are hosting Salt Lake tonight at 8 Vancouver will be going up against Colorado, and then Portland will be hosting the Houston Dynamo at 11 p.m. Eastern Time today. Now let's go to specific standings for the MLS. Philadelphia in first place still, 31 points thanks to 9 wins, 4 draws, 4 losses. Montreal Impact are right behind them with 8 wins, 3 draws, but 7 losses to go for a combined 27 points. In third place with the exact same number of points as Montreal, DC United, with 17 matches played, have 7 wins, 6 draws, and 4 losses for a combined 27 points. A point behind them in 4th place are the defending champs, Atlanta United. 26 points, 8 wins, 2 draws, and 5 losses. Not super convincing from the defending champs. Especially since in the Western Conference, LAFC, with 37 points, really looking like the team to beat in the MLS. They only have one loss, four draws, but 11 total wins in 16 matches played. LA Galaxy is right behind them. I shouldn't say right behind them, nine points behind them. In 16 matches played, the Galaxy have nine wins, only one draw, but six losses, which has really hurt them so far this season. The Seattle Sounders have seven wins, five draws, and four losses for a combined 26 points. And then with 24 points are the Houston Dynamo with 7 wins, 3 draws, and 3 losses. The top scorers in the MLS are the same as last week, but we have the season um, continuing again today, so these numbers may change. Carlos Vela of LAFC with 16 goals on the season so far, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic of the LA Galaxy with 11 goals. Josef Martinez of the, with the defending champions, Atlanta United, 10 goals on the season. So we have Vela, Ibrahimovic, and Martinez 
the only three players in the MLS this season with double-digit scoring margins. And then England's very own Wayne Rooney of DC United with eight goals. He's tied with Nani of Orlando. Same number of goals for him as well. Let's get it into our, um, our Ohio teams. Tomorrow, the Columbus crew will be hosting Sporting Kansas City at 5.30 Eastern Time. They will then host Orlando City next Saturday at 7.30. Before July 3rd, they head out to Utah and Salt Lake City to take on Real Salt Lake before coming back home to face the Seattle Sounders on July 6th. Now, the crew this past Tuesday did lose to the defending champions at home. Atlanta United came to Columbus at Matt Frey Stadium and defeated the crew 2-1. to one. The crew are now in 10th place in the MLS, 17 points on the season, 5 wins, true draws, and 9 losses. But for FC Cincinnati, it's a lot worse for them. Now, as I mentioned earlier today, FC Cincinnati does have a game tonight. They'll be hosting the LA Galaxy at 7.30 Eastern Time. Next Saturday, they'll head to Minnesota to take on Minnesota United. Then they'll return back to Cincinnati to host the Houston Dynamo before going back on the road to Chicago to face the Chicago Fire. And ladies and gentlemen, that is our MLS news. We will keep you updated as the season goes on. And uh, once the tables really start showing who's going to be in the playoffs and who are going to be the top teams to beat once those playoffs do roll around. Because I know it seems far, but trust me, the season will go by with the snap of a finger. Just, like, um, just as you know it, the playoffs will be beginning. Now let's go to some more soccer news. And ladies and gentlemen... The FIFA Women's World Cup knockout stages have officially begun. And I don't know about you, but I am extremely excited. If you haven't been following it, make sure you go to Fox or FS1, FS2, whichever channels um, the game is streaming on. It's primarily those three channels. You have um, already missed out on a lot if you haven't been paying attention to it. But now is the perfect time to really start following the tournament. Because the round of 16... Um, has started today. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, I was so intrigued by the round of 16 matchups that Germany and Nigeria um, was the first game on the slate for today. It began at 11.30 this Saturday. Um, before I came into the show, I was watching that game on my phone. I was actually plan it, planning it to uh, stream it on the side here um, while I was doing the show, but unfortunately, um, the internet is not the best where I am. No worries, though. I'm going to be watching that game, looking at the highlights. Another game that I'm extremely intrigued with is also today. Norway will be facing off against Australia at 3 p.m. Tomorrow, we have England facing off against Cameroon, and the host nation, France, will be taking on Brazil. Now, for today's games, Germany versus Nigeria, the last time I checked, Germany was up 2 nothing. Uh, thanks to one goal and then another penalty kick. Now, Germany does have an 84% chance to win this game against Nigeria, and so far, so good for them. 
Nigeria, unfortunately, only a 5% chance to win the game, meaning that there's 11% chance for a draw. However, one of these teams eventually do have to win, whether that's an extra time or penalty kicks. Additionally, in today's next game, Norway and Australia, Norway only have a 29% chance to defeat the Australians, while experts are giving Australia a 45% chance to defeat Norway. And for those of you, mat for those mathematicians out there, a 26% chance of a draw and going to penalty kicks. Now I know we're in the United States, and the United States um, we're one of the uh, one of two teams in this World Cup um, to have shutouts in all their games, meaning that they did not um, concede any goals in the group stage at all. They'll be facing Spain in the round of 16. Spain only a 12% chance to defeat the United States. And the Americans with a 67, 67% win um, chance. Um, that game is Monday, noon Eastern time. 21% chance of a draw and the game going to penalties. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm definitely looking forward to this matchup. This will definitely be the toughest opponent for the United States. Spain have played well in this World Cup, defeating South Africa 3-1 only losing by one to the Germans, and then they tied with China. I'm definitely intrigued to see what Spain has to offer for the United States, who really have not had a true challenge in this World Cup so far. With the fifth pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Darius Garland from Vanderbilt University. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Garland is coming to Cleveland. Now, at first, when I um, heard Adam Silver um, give this pick live, I was a little bit excited because Darius has a very similar name that I do. In fact, that's the name that most people think uh, how to, to pronounce my name at first, you know, especially when I'm at school and I have a substitute teacher and they're calling down the attendance list and they say, Darius... I have to say, no, it's Darius. But this guy's name is Darius, so I think I'm going to like this guy. Here's the one problem, ladies and gentlemen, though, with Darius Garland. Now, he did average 16 points a game. That's pretty amazing. Three assists, um, shooting about 48% from the three-point line. In terms of actual field goals, about 54%. Here's the one problem. He only played five games. And Cavs GM Colby Altman was discussing after the draft that, of course, that's not the preferable way that the Cavs want to go in terms of their fifth pick only playing five games. But hey, with these stats that I've mentioned, the Cavs obviously have trust in Darius Garland. In fact, I was actually hearing Brian Windhorst or one of the other ESPN analysts on Thursday night discussing that the Cavs have in mind a plan of making Colin Sexton and Darius Garland the next backcourt of Portland. So basically making them a Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum type, um, type of backcourt. I'm definitely intrigued and interested to see what the Cavs are going to do this season. You know, especially Jordan Clarkson um, coming back, hopefully. Tristan Thompson is still there. A lot of pieces... Um, starting to come together 
for this Cavs team. Another piece that the Cavs were able to pick up on Thursday night in Brooklyn was Dylan Windler, a shooting guard from Belmont. Now, Dylan Windler played a significant amount of games, played 33 games um, this year, averaged about 21 points, um, three assists, shot 54% um, from field with field goals, and then shot about 43% from the three-point line. His free throw percentage is above average, but could still use some work, as he is about 85% from the free throw line. And I don't know if you saw this on my Twitter account, but the Cavs um, not only had those two picks, but they made a big trade with uh, the Detroit Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks. Those three teams collaborated together, and it eventually ended up with the Cavs getting Kevin Porter Jr., who this year played 21 games, averaged about 10 points, shot 47% from the field, 41% from three-point range. However, that free throw percentage is not looking good for Kevin Porter Jr. Only about 52% from the free throw line. Definitely needs work on that. But I was at my internship yesterday at WAKR Studios, um, and one of the NBA analysts there was telling me that if the Cavs were not be, um, not able to get Kevin Porter Jr. on Thursday, then we would have had a terrible draft. Now, I'm not super sure about that. We still have to see what Darius Garland can do. I will admit I am a little bit shaky knowing that he only played five games um, due to an injury. So I'm not super sure. And, you know, I don't know if playing five games is worthy of being the fifth pick. But those stats from Darius Garland... Um, made me feel a little bit better. I'm hoping for positivity in the Cavs season this year. Dylan Windler, it seems like he's a quality shooter. Looks like it's someone that John Beeline, the head coach of the Cavs, is going to get used to. It seems like he's very excited to get the season started as well. And then, of course, Kevin Porter Jr., who a lot of people have been saying, you know, could, be a t could have been a top pick in this draft. He's just that talented. I'm looking forward to see um, what Kevin has to bring this season. It looks like Larry Nance will not be the only junior on the Cavs this season, too. I also want to get into a little bit of free agency talk. Um, one major deal that we'll be discussing um, was the Utah Jazz um, being able to get Mike Conley um, reportedly sending um, Kyle Korver... Uh, Jay Crowder to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Now, this is one of those trades that ends up going well for both teams. The Utah Jazz get Mike Conley. So now Utah has a bona fide point guard to pair with Donovan Mitchell. You still have Rudy Gobert. You still have, you know, Derek Favors, Dante Exum. Those guys can play. Now, this does not mean the Jazz are the best team in the Western Conference. But they're for sure formidable, and they're still a playoff contender. And for the Memphis Grizzlies, they just got the second pick and picked Ja Morant. Now you can pair a shooter, Kyle Korver, with Ja Morant, and a point, or excuse me, a forward, Jay Crowder, who in his time with the Cavs played well. We know what Jay Crowder can do. You know, especially during his time with the Celtics, Jay Crowder is a quality basketball player. 
Plus, you have Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson. Memphis is going to be formidable. Now, I don't know what their playoff status will be, but I definitely think this is a team who are capable of winning games night in and night out, especially with their new draft prospect in Ja Morant. Now, let's get started with the WNBA. And yesterday we had three games on the schedule for you. The Dream and the Sun faced off, Connecticut winning 86-76. to The Fever and the Chicago Sky also played, Chicago losing 76-69 to to the Fever. And then the defending champions, the Seattle Storm, blew out the Los Angeles Sparks last night. Final score, 84-62. to The games we have today in the WNBA include tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, the Liberty, um, New York, will be taking on the Minnesota Lynx, and then the Wings and the Aces will face off tonight at 10.30. Our current standings for the WNBA, the Connecticut Sun um, in the Eastern Conference, nine wins, one loss. They're nine um, and one in their last 10, of course. They've won seven in a row. The Washington Mystics have won two in a row. They're six and three in their last nine games, giving them a six and three record. The Chicago Sky are in third place, five and three. They've lost one. They're two and two on the road, but three and one at home. Definitely getting um, a boost from that home crowd. Fever are in fourth place, playing 500 basketball right now. Um, they've just won their most recent game. And then the Liberty and Dream make out the fifth and sixth positions in the Eastern Conference. And in the West, the defending champions, although they've um, had a bit of a shaky start, especially on the road, the Seattle Storm are 6-4. and four. As I mentioned, they are 3-0 and oh at home. However, their away record has not been great as they're 3-4 and four on the road. If they want to repeat as back-to-back champs, they're going to have to improve that road record. The Aces are right behind them at 4-4, four and four, playing 500 basketball. They, have, uh, they did lose uh, their most recent game. They're 2-2 two and two on, the, uh, on the road and then 2-2 two and two at home as well. And in fact, in the Eastern Conference, the Storm, um, or excuse me, the Western Conference, um, the Storm are the only team who have a winning record. The Aces have a 500 record. 3, 4, 5, and 6, those teams all have losing records. The Sparks are 4 and 5. They've lost 3 in a row. The Lynx are 4 and 5. They've lost 4 in a row. Wings are 2 and 5, winning um, 2 in a row, however. But in 6th place, um, the Mercury are 2 and 5 as well. They've lost 3 in a row. Top scorers in the WNBA this season include Duana Boner, averaging about 21 uh, points per game. Natasha Howard in second place, averaging about 20 points per game. Tina Charles is in third place, averaging about 18 a game. And then um, Jonquel Jones in fourth place, averaging about 17 a game as well. So we have some great scorers in the WNBA this year. Our upcoming games in the WNBA, 
Um, as I mentioned, we have the Liberty, the Lynx, the Wings, and the Aces. Tomorrow, the Mystics will be facing off against the Dream. The Los Angeles Sparks will be taking on the Phoenix Mercury. The Connecticut Sun, the best team in the WNBA so far this season, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, will be facing off against the Chicago Sky. And then the Fever and the defending champs, Storm, will be facing off tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Swung on, lifted in the air, shallow center, kept this out. He made the catch! Ball game! And that's right, the Cleveland Indians last night defeating the Detroit Tigers by a final score of 7-6. to six. The Indians scored two runs in the eighth inning to really help them bring home the victory. They went up 2-0 um, after the first inning. In the continuous three innings, um, the Tigers scored one run in each of those innings. But then once the fifth inning came around, the Tigers actually tacked on two more runs um, compared to only one for the Indians. But the sixth inning, the Indians were able to snatch their lead back um, as they went um, for two runs in the sixth inning, and then eventually winning the game six to seven. This pack this past week um, for the Indians included a trip to Texas, where in their first matchup with the Rangers they lost seven to two. Then they were able to bounce back this past Tuesday, winning ten to three. Then again, scoring ten more runs in their third matchup with Texas, defeating them ten to four. And then Thursday, the Rangers were able to get back at the Indians with a 4-2 to victory in Texas. And as I mentioned last night, the Indians defeated the Tigers 7-6. to The Indians continue um, their homestand today at Progressive Field. At 4.10 p.m. this afternoon, um, they'll have Game 2 of the series between the Tigers and the Indians. Then tomorrow at 1.10, back at Progressive Field, Indians and the Tigers will conclude their homestand in Cleveland. The Indians then have a three-game homestand against the Kansas City Royals, then will head out to Baltimore for three games against the Orioles. Now, in terms of standings, the Indians are second place in the American League Central Division, they are 40 and 35. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10. 21 and 17 on the road. But if they lose one more game on the road, they will be 500 on the road. Definitely not a record the Indians will be pleased with, especially um, knowing that they have uh, World Series aspirations this year. As I mentioned, the Indians are now 40 and 35. The Tigers are an appalling 26 and 45 and the Indians continue their homestand tonight at 4:10 p.m. this after this afternoon. And before I go, ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to say of course thank you very much for taking the time to listen to the Cleveland Sports Show this afternoon. If you haven't yet, make sure you check out my Twitter page at Nordonia Sports, I am Darius Sethna. 
I've posted a lot of new information on there, including the new Cavs draft picks, um, some Indians highlights, and I'm definitely going to be posting some um, Women's World Cup highlights um, in the next few days. Unfortunately, because I will be going on a cruise um, for the next two weeks, we will not be having an episode next Saturday. I'm very sorry to break all of your hearts. I know you were so um, ready for another episode but we will not be having one this Saturday. But the Saturday after that, we should be back with another episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. I know so much will be happening you know, in a span of two weeks. But until our next episode, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with me on the Cleveland Sports Show. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And until then, go Indians. And we're going to have a lot more Women's World Cup news on the way as well. But until then, thank you guys for listening. And I'll see you for our next episode.